Hey, 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 welcome back to another edition of the best women's boxing show, period. I am Cynthia Conte. And I am Giandra LaBeouf, of course, over <laughs> here in the co-pilot seat. And I'm back in Vegas. And thank God it's not so hot here today. It's monsoon weather. It, Girl, it's like humid. I mean, it, it's been pouring rain. The, the, there were these little birds in my trees that just, they died. Oh, Bert and Berta. Mm-hmm. And their little babies, they I think they drowned. Let's have a moment of silence for the birds. I, know. I was right. really sad. I was very, very sad. It was, oh, God. The bird was hanging upside down, trying to protect its nest by wrapping, like, some, like, uh, shoes. I don't I don't know. But it was really depressing. Oh, <sighs> you're so smart. I know. Okay. But on a, on a happier note, on a we're happier back here. Yeah. So uh, there's some things that we're going to have to run it back. It's one of our new segments here. Well, we talk about it anyways, but we just named it Run It Back. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's been going on in boxing, um, all, the, all the Twitter wars or the you know, all the shit talking these boxers say or whatever fight should happen or should not happen. Uh, But the one that we noticed that did not happen, uh uh-huh, girl, Jake Paul versus Haseem Brahman. Womp, womp, womp. (laughs) I know. Boy, this is really getting ugly. I've never seen two people do so much media about a fight that's not happening. Right? They've been on a full media campaign for a fight that's not happening. And there was a virtual press conference, which we were not invited to. Right. We're very upset uh, to, to, to find out why. But you know what? At the end of the day. I don't care what Hasim weighed or what he didn't weigh, what he was supposed to weigh. A, a contract should not have ever, ever, ever been signed. Mm-hmm. I would have just done the best I could. And then when we get to the scale, be like, sorry, I tried. <laughs> right? Like, I really did try. I tried. You know, just cut my pay a little bit. You know, I would he do did, my best. Uh, he did say that keep keep my purse, the 250000 that was allegedly um, offered to him. Uh, and so he just wanted to fight and knock Jake Paul out. But the commission said no, which I can understand because they even said, uh, Jake Paul said, I'll do it to two hundred five, But that's a really big difference. two hundred five, two fifteen. That's that's big. What was the time period? There was this thing they were saying about that he only lost like one pound over the course of, hell, I could lose him. Pounds, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, the, it's it's a controversy of the the video was uh, the, the the scale was rigged. That so I don't I don't even know. So I honestly at this point I don't care how much Hasim weighed, like two thirty to four two thirty to sixteen two fifteen. Uh, the fact that he was nowhere near the weight that he said he would be, and he signed a contract doesn't matter if there were weight. Uh, like designated times to get weighed in because usually when you um, it wasn't a title fight so it didn't even matter but uh, that's a big deal so if anybody would like to send us the full video of this scale rigging just send it to best women's boxing show period on gmail no jake paul's the one that said put it out in the in the in on twitter world actually he sent it to dan Kenobia. that's right because i saw the scale where they were moving the thing back and forth but and I remember I saw Hasim touch the scale and the guy was like, don't touch it. Wait. The trainer had a screwdriver. <laughs> so I'm just saying I, there, this is not some Illuminati kind of stuff. This was put out there. Um, and Jake Paul is. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think it really sold. No, I mean, I don't with, think uh, the tickets. With all due respect, and this is my camera. 
Rahman, the Rahman family has yeah. been a staple in boxing and boxing history, but the son's legacy is not the dad's legacy. And I don't think the name was enough for this new age fan to carry it. I mean, Tyron Woodley did two fights. He had a name, brought a name. Uh, Fury, uh, yeah. Peter Fury. Tom, love, no, no, uh, uh, Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury. Love him or hate him. Had an audience. He was on a reality show. And Hasim, and it's no disrespect to his boxing skills or ability, but he didn't have an audience like either of those appointments. So, yeah. so it's a wrap. Done. You know, it's a wrap. And it, the sad part about it, everyone on the undercard That's lost. Yeah. I honestly part. felt that Amanda should have just been elevated to a uh, uh, main event because she was uh, defending her belts. They could have done that card. It's in New York. Amanda Serrano puts asses in seats in New exactly. York City. Exactly. They could have called Heather Hardy, tried to throw her on the card mm -hmm. too and do like an all New York, all women's card because I think Heather is... She's in New York. They could have talked to Brooklyn. Lou. Brooklyn. They could have talked to Lou and done something, but now all these people are now going without a payday and that sucks. That sucks. Oh, well. Well, there is another fight that night, Virgil Ortiz, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So we will watch him. There we go. Okay, so enough of the run it back. Uh, that was fun because that is some pressing boxing news that everyone keeps talking about. And let's put it to bed. It's over. It's done with. The fight ain't happening. We're just going to find out is Jake Paul, who is he going to fight next? <laughs> that's how I feel about that. A full goddamn press run for a fight that's not happening. Well, let's talk about fights that are happening. Yeah, that's fights that are, that are actually happening. And she has been a trailblazer for women like a us to queen. be sitting here talking about women in boxing. Uh, Miss Cecilia, the First Lady Breakers. Hey, guys. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> I see you <laughs> laughing when we're doing our run it back. Because <laughs> you know damn well we're right, correct? Okay. I love how enthusiastic you guys are. Oh, thank you. Yes, and we're enthusiastic about you. First women's undisputed champion in an era where everybody's going for undisputed. Do you feel like the women pay homage to you for the trail you blazed and what you've contributed to the sport? Because you crawled so these women could run. Right. So what do you think about how the evolution of women's boxing is going now and on a path that you so elegantly and skillfully blazed for them? I think in a boxing community, definitely yes. Um, outside, it's more uh, the Nordic countries like Norway, Sweden, and Denmark that's heard about me. Um, not so much in the U.S. because me selling out 10,000 tickets in Norway, that really doesn't transfer over to, to the U.S. It's too far away. Um, but I definitely enjoying what's happening in women's boxing. It's just amazing because I was there when women's boxing really had a tough time. And today, just sitting ringside at uh, watching Taylor and Amanda and seeing how the women was taking up to fight in the Olympics, which I was banned to do because it was... Um, it was not open for the women to join the Olympics at, uh, when I started out. Um, but seeing all these small victories, it's, um, it's a big deal. It's, it's great. It's very satisfying. Uh, 
for people that don't even know when, uh, you know, just reading your story and, and interviewing you before that you're from Norway and it was illegal. So you were climbing out of windows, doing underground boxing. You were a, a, a former kickboxer. So for you to even be a boxer, you would have to go to a whole other country so you can even go train, which is so crazy. And now we have to, we, we get to see you and have the pleasure of you fighting for when you were undisputed and just to see you live, like you actually were able to do something that many people could not have done. Uh, and now these women are able to do because you were at the forefront of helping women uh, for it to become legal. Yeah, that's, um, that's true. What you say, when I started professional boxing, it was actually legal in Norway. So um, do professional fights would be uh, punishable by, uh, jail sentence wow. um yeah <laughs> wow that's crazy man that's yeah. a, i feel like that's a like a kinship that you and katie taylor can have in common because it was illegal also for her and that's something that other women's fighters will never understand it was never illegal here in the united states it mm -hmm. wasn't an olympic sport but it wasn't illegal in mexico we know women have been fighting where a number of champions come from hasn't been illegal can you speak more about that of just like even the emotional strength and that it takes to make this decision to go other places to participate in the sport that your own country won't even let you do legally yeah so um so what i did i moved to germany and i uh, signed up with uh, i was the first woman to sign up with the Sauerland promotion mm -hmm. and uh, i've pretty much fought everywhere anywhere where i could um, until I started to get a name, I started to build a name for myself. I did a lot of promotion. I flew back and forth from Germany to Norway. It's about two hours. I could fly. Uh, I can train in the morning, train in the evening and, uh, fly to Norway at night, do some press stuff there and then fly back to go to the morning sessions again. And, uh, just, um, Really worked in lobbying for professional boxing, trying to tell and show the Norwegian people that, uh, you know, we're just human beings. Uh, we're not, um, um, we're not what it, uh, we're not what we were made out to be, you know, this ruthless uh, um, people who just wanted to beat the, excuse my language, shit out of each other. It's <laughs> a grown woman show. Right. You can use whatever language you want. <laughs> It's a sport is one of the most incredible sports in the world. It takes uh, a long time, hard work and dedication to uh, achieve. And uh, when I became world champion, I started to get the public opinion on my side. People want to see me fight in Norway. And, um, and we actually managed to uh, get rid of the ban uh, against professional boxing. And it ended up... Uh, me fighting in front of 10,000 people in Norway, um, in front of the prime minister. She was there. Vladimir Klitschko was there. Okay. Uh, Michael Buffer was there in the ring. So it was quite a big deal. But like I say, Norway is so far away from the United States. So that really didn't kind of transfer into the U.S. Um, but this is way, way before women boxing took off. And I was already selling pay-per-views and... Uh, selling out shows and um, doing having a pretty large fan base. Um, but it was rough because I felt very, very alone. Um. Uh, wasn't many other women out there doing the same. Uh, so it was uh, pretty lonely <laughs> at times. 
I can't imagine. Shout out to Germany for allowing it. The extent of my German is ab der Liebegut and ich bin gefallen und kann dich aufstehen. That's the only things that I can say in German. She was speaking German to Tom when we interviewed him last week. And he laughed because my German is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But that loneliness is just... How many women, if you had to estimate from what you can remember, when you started going over to Germany, how many women would you even see in the boxing gym in in a regular day? Was it just you? Yeah, it was just me. You were the first Uh, one, huh, to sign up in your gym, first female. I was the first one. And we were like, we were a group of, um, yeah, 12, 13 fighters, all men. Um, sparring partners were men. Uh, I trained, I sparred with only men. All the trainers were men. The team around was men. Um, so, you know, I came to another country, uh, another, had to learn a new language, a new culture. And um, yeah, it was just guys uh, to be around. So it was definitely. I mean, they were super nice to me and and we had a good uh, training chemistry and everything. But of course, they kind of had each other and, and I didn't have any other female fighters or like being interviewed by a female uh, journalist like I'm doing right now. It's that was unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you spoke about that your teammates, did they ever think, why boxing? You're, you're a female, like, you know we're going to punch you in the face. You know, what, Did they question why did you choose that path? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think in the beginning I was more like this. Uh, <laughs> they thought I was just there to, uh, um, I don't know, just for uh, to look pretty. You know, it took me quite a... It took me a year or two or something to really gain their uh, respect. I had to train harder. I had to be, <laughs> I had to train harder. I had to be better. You know the story yeah. about being uh, a woman coming into a male, completely male dominant mm-hmm. um, area. Yeah. Uh, who has it? Buddy McGirt said it. Even uh, women train harder. They fight harder. They have better fights than men because they have more to prove. Mm-hmm. It's true. He's a huge fan of that. And then just even the emotional toll of just trying to find those bonds with people because it's it's tricky when you're a woman trying to navigate these male spaces. You think you're forming some type of um, attachment or, you know, friendship camaraderie. And then there are people approaching you for the wrong reasons. And yeah. did that affect your just your trust factor of even building a team and finding the right people to be around you? Because people have so many different agendas when it comes to women yeah definitely um luckily i was um i grown women when i uh, moved to germany i was uh, my early 20s um i also had um a lot of respect given from uh, um the sauland brothers you know they say you know just hands off don't hands off mm-hmm. But um, I had to admit, of course, I had to make some clear lines. You know, I wouldn't go to the gym with makeup or perfume or sexy dresses <laughs> or training clothes. So I pretty much looked like a boy for the first years in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> and little do they know how gorgeous you okay. are. <laughs> you probably showed up to an event one day and they were like, that is not the same right. girl that comes to the gym every day. They see you in like Vogue, like that is not the same Cecilia. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, fast forward to you, Cecilia, because uh, we've always known you. And as long as I've known you, we, uh, you've been the longest uh, former reigning undisputed welterweight queen. And um, we did see that uh, Jessica McCaskill uh, defeated you. I've, you know, let's go back to that last fight, because once that was done, the, the conversation of you retiring was out there. And it was it was just this story everyone kept talking about, but I never heard it from your mouth. I, all I've ever heard was like, "I'm gonna go back home and just relax and and just you know have have it to myself." But everyone's narrative was she needs to retire. Is she going to retire? So obviously you're not retired because you're going to be fighting August thirteenth, mm-hmm. and you're going to be making history of where you're going to be fighting before we get to that. But um, why why do people want why do people think you're going to retire? What did you think of your performance against McCaskill in the second fight? I think um, I think it's normal for people to think that because they don't know what's going on in a background. Um, they just saw what I um, put out in the ring. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, it's it's how it is. They they did know the the full story. Um, when I agreed to the this fight, it was right before COVID hit in. Yeah. So I agreed to a couple of stuff, um, which normally shouldn't be a problem. You know, uh, lose a lot of weight, um, meet her um, at a catch weight, uh, fight her uh, American fighter in America. Mm-hmm. Normally shouldn't be a problem because um, I'm a much better fighter than her. And then COVID hit in, and I mean, it's the craziest ride I've ever been. I've been, it's, it was crazy. I got stuck in Big Bear. Um, the borders were locked. I was literally in a ghost town for months. Just not to lose my mind completely, I, I just got up. I just put routines for myself. I got up in the morning. I pretty much trained the whole day. Wow. Um, which, of course, made me become... Um, did you overtrain? Right. Overtrain. Yeah. Not ready when I got into camp. Um, I was pretty much like a battery that they run out. Mm. Um, we didn't talk about mental health at that time. Yeah. Uh, nobody had the blueprint. We were all just uh, fumbling around in the dark. Uh, so I... I fought Mikalski. She... Uh, I fought her in... Uh, at home, the, um, there was all American judges. Um, this is the first fight or the second fight in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I believe? No, this fights, yeah. Okay. So um, all American judges and the team around is uh, all American. Um, I can't get any of my team's friends, family in from Norway. Uh, and, I mean, that's just some of the things that uh, went on. And I think I just kind of existed Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just i was there you know i was just there i wasn't there but i was there so um second fights definitely uh should have uh, waited um uh but um like i said this is uh extreme times extraordinary times nobody had the blueprint uh we were just fumbling in the dark and i i took the rematch and um, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was one thing at the other. Uh, very very um, uh, special circumstances. 
after that, I was very mentally and physically drained. Um, I still loved, still loved boxing, still knew I would come back and just need, just knew that I need some time to take off. Okay. Can you speak a little bit more to that about the importance of having your team around you? Cause recently we saw with, um, Devin Haney when he had to go to Australia to fight George Cambosos and some of his team couldn't come. His father couldn't come originally through the past conviction, you know, not the same circumstances, but just the importance of having your people around you. Cause so many people who don't do this say, Oh, what do I need all that? You're fighting in the ring by yourself, but the importance of having that unit around you. Oh, it's, it's very important. Um, professional boxing is a very, very hard, uh, sport, uh, physically and mentally. And, um, it's very important for you to feel safe because this is very. Uh, this is a sport where, where a lot of things can go wrong. Uh, worst case, you can get incredibly hurt. Worst, worst, worst case, you can. Um, yeah, we we know what's happened <laughs> before. Yeah. So, just to be safe, to be happy. I think everyone deserves to be happy. I don't know. I don't understand this uh, concept of being a fighter. Uh, you, you're supposed to be hurting and having a rough time all the time. I think working this hard, you deserve to be happy. You deserve to have uh, your friends, your team around and have uh, some kind of security. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard uh, when that's all been just uh, taken away from you. Well, now that we see that you are in Big Bear, as you said, uh, are you still training with Abel Sanchez? Uh, no, I don't. Uh- <laughs> I, this, it's weird because when I found out you're training with Jonathan Banks, I, I assumed that Abel retired because his son is now having a baby. And I, I remember when I saw him, he's like, I love being a grandpa. So I figured, yeah. you know what? Grandpa time has now taken over. <laughs> so that's what I'm assuming. Um, yeah, Abel is definitely, you can, I think you can sense it, uh, especially when COVID hit in, it, you get a different perspective on stuff. Yeah. I could sense that, you know, he needed a time. He sacrificed a lot of time with family. He needed uh, that time. And I 100% uh, understand that and support him. We are still good friends and, um, uh, we just, uh, Wish each other the best. Oh, that's good. And now you're with Jonathan Banks, your original trainer, which is so yeah. crazy. And uh, <laughs> what's even more crazy, are you in Are you in training camp with Gennady and uh, Ali Akhmadov at, <laughs> yeah, at I, Abel's uh, gym? <laughs> it's so yeah. That's like a whole other story, how that happened. But we're going to get the tea on that. <laughs> Tom Loeffler, we need to get him back on. <laughs> I was like, I left the Big Bear after COVID. I told everyone, I'm never coming back to Big Bear. <laughs> and now you're right back there. Oh, uh, what? Was there another trainer that you might have had in mind that wasn't in Big Bear and that wasn't Jonathan Banks that you thought you would have gone to? No. No, it wasn't. It was uh, Jonathan who took me to my biggest victories. Yeah. I had my biggest success under Jonathan. I feel good under him. Uh, we have an understanding, um, uh, on my style, on my training and, um, I'm at my best with Jonathan. There was never, ever talk about anyone else as a coach, Mm -hmm. but, um, I have to admit, you know, when I get back to JB, Jonathan, 
you know, he was a little, <laughs> he was, uh, it was a little bit butthurt, of course. Of completely. course. I mean, it so was I, weird. Honestly, it was weird. And I even said this. I went, oh, look at the heart. JB. We're going to show that to him. We'll clip it. But it was weird when all that happened, when Gennady left Abel, you left Jonathan. And I'm like, Tom, where are they? Well, they rotated. And uh, Gennady's training up the street at Shane Mosley's gym, uh, up the street from Abel's gym. I'm like, okay, this is some awkward yeah. stuff. And right. it's a small town. Yeah, it's a big bear is real small. Everybody just doing road work. Right. right. And it's the same road that you guys all have to run in the middle of a mountain. So yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> there's some time, you know, which was a little bit awkward. That was <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be a fly at that time. I would have <laughs> just sat at what's the name of that that diner like that's got the big bear in the front. I would have just sat there with the bear. And just waited for everybody to come running by. Just see who's going to come running by. I know. Like, oh, there goes Gennady. Mm -hmm. Oh, there goes his son. Oh, this there goes JB. Oh, 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 oh. And then everybody just kind of running in each other like a traffic jam. Like They all have to stay at the same, <laughs> the, uh, the same stoplight, like kind of run in place. <laughs> Everybody's like. <laughs> <laughs> what you training for? <laughs> what you doing here? Uh, since, you know, I remember asking when, you know, um, your style, when you were with Jonathan, we've all known you as a boxer. And even during the fights, it's like, why isn't she boxing Jessica? Why is she trying to brawl? Because Jessica's a very, she's a messy fighter. She's a very aggressive, messy. She'll, she just likes to smother you. And then yeah. uh, Abel was more of an aggressive fighter, uh, uh, an aggressive trainer. So um, going back to Jonathan, are you going to be implementing both of the styles that you've learned or are you going to be more of the boxer technician that you are? Well, I'm definitely the technician and uh, I probably, you probably see me more uh, the way I was um, at the earlier stage. Okay. Uh, back there. Um you know, it's a little bit late in, late in life to adopt a new style. So I, I think I'm naturally finding my way back to where I was. Okay. Why was this the best time for you to return? What, what switched on in your brain? Like, I'm ready to step back into the ring after it's been since 2021, 313, 20, March of 2021 that we last saw you in the ring. Why was this the right time? Well, it took me about a year to recover from um the experience um uh from, from those two fights uh and under the covid epi epidemic mm -hmm. it took me uh, about a year it's um i think it's hard to talk about because i myself i don't really quite have understand how 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 tough it was myself and what i actually went through uh, but it took about a year for, for me to physically and mentally um, come back and feel good again. Um, so I think that's the main reason. And people people forget when you said it, you're the only one in the ring, it is a mental sport. And so you're the only one dealing with the loss and what, what you went through because we saw what you went through, but we don't know internally what you went through. So we're glad to see you back in the ring. And we're glad to see you going back to where you were born in Colombia. This is the first time you're going to be mm -hmm. fighting against uh, Patricia Bergholt from Sweden. This is exciting. I mean, why Colombia? 
why who who chose to go back there um well i was uh, approached by uh, tom tom luffler actually tom luffler was approached uh, by the team wanting to uh, put up a show in colombia and um, they say they told me, they told him you know we want her uh, cecilia she's um, born in colombia uh, adopted to norway uh, as uh, a two-year-old, uh, but that would be a very interesting um, combination. Uh, and I don't think I have been quite ready to go back to Colombia um, earlier. I really haven't had any connection or reason to either, because what I have been informed is that my my parents, you know, my birth parents, they they don't live, and that's why I was adopted. So wait, they don't live there, or they're no longer living. No, they're not uh, no longer alive. Oh, okay, got it. Okay. Yeah, so that's uh, I think that's like the main reason um, why I haven't been back to Colombia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have a fantastic family and parents, mom, dad in Norway. I have everything I could ever possibly want and ask for there. Uh, I had such a great upbringing. Um, but I feel I'm ready to go back to Colombia, get to to know the people, get to know where I come from, where I was born, see people who look like me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Do, do you, do you, do you, Spanish, that's uh, something I'm very sad about. Uh, do you know if you have any birth uh, brothers or sisters? No, I don't know. This is... Uh... I'm just thinking about how emotional this is going to yeah. be. Like when we watch Katie and Amanda and uh, New York turning out for Amanda and just the sound and the roar, because, you know, she's a full on New York, Puerto Rican people turned out. And I think about when Sergio went back to Argentina and he got to fight in Argentina for the first time. And now you get to do another first and fighting in Colombia. It's going to be very emotional. Is it going to be hard for you to to navigate that? Because it's like um, when you put your feet on the soil, it's like your soul knows that you're coming home, yeah. like to your true place. Is that going to be a very emotional thing for you to experience? I don't know. Well, um, mm-hmm. I have no idea, but I, I don't think I can be scared of that. I don't think I can say no to this opportunity because um, that could be a worried. I feel I have to do this, and I, this would never happen without boxing. Imagine that, the love of my life, boxing, <laughs> took me to this uh uh, to this place, uh, to uh, brought me back to Colombia. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's amazing. And you're moving up in weight to super welterweight. Uh, and uh, do you fit that comfortably? Um, yeah, definitely. I um, the period when I was here in Big Bear alone, just trained and trained and trained. Um, I gained I gained weight. Uh, something happened. My body. There was a transformation in my body. Um, and, getting uh, older. <laughs> That's what it is. You're just getting what? older. You're getting older like all of us. Okay. I, that is definitely I don't lose weight easy anymore. That was also a problem when I went back uh, down and to, to fight Mikowski. So a lot of stuff happened in my body and um, that's how it is. That's just that's life. It's life. <laughs> Shout out to all of us over 40. I know, right? <laughs> Wait, I, are you? You're not forty yet, right? You're, I'm forty. Yes. Oh, oh! Welcome to the forty fabulous Woo! club. Woo! <laughs> you know, listening 40 to fabulous. Yes, we exactly. are. We look great. 
All of us. Yeah, great. I um, in addition to being a boxer and an ambassador, I was looking over your social media and I saw that you had a tag for your philanthropy too for bring children from the streets and. I, I just love the idea as we're filming this episode right now, our home here at uh, the fight stars building, there's tons of kids that are downstairs that are training, having something productive to do and talk. Can you talk a little bit more of bring children from the streets and why you felt compelled to become involved and, and, and just help that next generation find something or even if they don't go on to be professional boxers, it can tap into something inside them to help them in the future. Yeah, I um, I was pre I was asked by a friend of mine who is a refugee from uh, Uganda, Richard uh, Kemenuki, and he um, he asked me if I wanted to come on this project where he is building schools and building uh, a safe zone basically for uh, kids in Uganda. Uh, and I said, you know, yeah, but I have to see what this is because there's a lot of stuff out there that's not what it says it is. So mm -hmm. I went to Uganda and I just kind of followed uh, him around from the slum of uh, Kampala to his safe haven for these uh, kids and children outside um, in the city. And I was just, um, I was hooked Um and um, yeah, it's uh, we worked together for over ten years now. It's been just amazing uh, experience. Unfortunately, um, the last years because I have been, uh, you know, dealing with myself. Uh, I haven't had the energy to um, give out. That's a that's the that's a problem when you have. Um, too much to deal with yourself. You don't have the energy to give anything out to other people. So uh, I would travel to Uganda once a year before the COVID hits. And after I haven't been there yet. So I, I you, missed that very You much. opened a school. I remember this. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. we did. We, did. Uh, we worked very hard and we got a lot of um, um, people to pitch in. And Richard is just... Every dollar he gets in goes directly to the kids. Every single dollar. We pay our flights. We pay, we pay everything ourselves uh, because everything we get from donors and, and sponsors, everything goes directly to the children. And he ended up calling the, <laughs> the school the first lady school, which is Aww. amazing. And just to... Um, um, uh, definitely one of my biggest wins in life. Oh, that's incredible. I love that. You should, I don't know if you've ever met him before. Um, I know you know who he is, Terrence Crawford. Uh, Terrence yeah. Crawford used to go lots of times back to Africa when he wasn't training to help dig like trenches and stuff for fresh water and supplies. And I love just the philanthropy of, yeah. of boxers because it's so easy to just hoard your wealth and sit in your, you know, in your castle and just look out <laughs> and not become involved. And so kudos to you, kudos to him. Because yeah. it really makes a difference because the wealth is always in the hands of a few and not equally distributed to the people who need it. So that is very beautiful. And also that is very relatable too for you talking about when you don't have the, you know, enough time for yourself, you have nothing to give, you know, and yeah. I think people say that lightly. There's this whole culture now that we have to be booked and busy and everybody and no days off and team, no sleep. And it's just not sustainable and it's not realistic. And I'm glad Correct. you are honest with yourself because so many people are not and they burn out. Yeah. Correct. 
Correct. Well, you're going back to Team No Sleep because (laughs) (laughs) you're going to have to go to Columbia and acclimate yourself for um, you're going to be fighting for the WBC uh, super welterweight title. And then um, but I do want to ask you because you did mention that you went to the Amanda Serrano or the Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano and it was just electric. We interviewed Callum Walsh and he was with you with Tom Mm -hmm. and uh, he said, wow, just to be in there for two women to be celebrated like that was electric. Now, I know you sitting there with some trailblazers like Christy Martin was there, Layla Ali, like some of the biggest women in boxing that have forged the path for, for the women now coming up. When you watched Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, Cecilia, break it down. Who won that fight to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on. It's a secret. <laughs> we we are, won't tell anybody. We just won't everybody tell nobody. Who <laughs> well, first of all, I just have to say one thing. Uh, what was amazing for me was just see all these women uh, who, who were sitting around the ring. And I knew every single one of them story, what they've been through. And... Um, it's not a lot of big fights where you see this many female fighters um, sitting around ringside, talking to each other. You know, we don't have a venue like that normally. So um, being able to talk to all these incredible women, I mean, I was just, that was amazing. Um, and for what happened in the ring, I love Katie and Amanda both. Really, I think I think it could have been a draw for mm-hmm. it, it a bit draw, but Katie winning, I'm I'm fine with that. I would be fine with Amanda winning too. Okay, now this is the big story because it's 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 a debate that will never go away. The two minute, three minute. Mm-hmm. I, 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 does it well, matter? I, I, go ahead. Listen, I've said my piece on this before, and I will say it again. Um, there's always. Every time there is talk about um, payment for women and exposure for women, there's always talk about hundred different reasons, this and that. And you know, when I started, the reason was because we 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 couldn't fight, you know, because we were women. And today it's three minutes. There was there will always be a reason to kind of divert away from the fact that it really doesn't matter about if it's three minutes or two minutes and me fighting in front of 10,000 people in Norway and selling pay-per-view overseas and to, to, to Katie and Amanda fighting, selling out Madison square garden. Um, who cares about the two minute, three minutes at that point, (laughs) who are three minutes. It has to do with one thing, the willingness to promote women to build them up, to invest in them like um, like they like you invest in male uh, fighters. Of course, not every woman will be a superstar, but not every male fighter is a superstar you either. Got that right? Mm-hmm. How you the big fights, and that's how you create the big fights. And um, would I like to see three minutes? Yeah, definitely. Of course, I love boxing, and I want to see as much as possible of it. <laughs> So, but when it comes to the entertainment value and the um, selling of women boxing, it has nothing to do with if it's three or two minutes. Uh, it's just a diversion of the real um, issue here, and that is promoters and sponsors and fight fans backing up um, female fighters. Very good. 
So if you could put on your promoter hat, let's just say, you know, in the future, 10 years from now, you decide, you know what, I think I want to step into the promotional game. I have a lot of knowledge being coming from an international background, fighting in the United States, being a trailblazer, first undisputed champion. What would your route be to developing a female fighter who's on the rise, performing well? What would you, how would you guide them knowing all that you know now? I think the, well, the most important is, of course, um, you know, the skills has to be there. Um, when I come up, it was a lot. Um, sponsor would just get women because of their looks mm -hmm. and uh, promoters, which, well, to be honest, when you're inside the ring, fight fans want to see a fight and they don't care about how you look. Yeah. They're not going to pay for that. They can go somewhere else mm -hmm. <laughs> for that. So and uh, definitely need to have uh, skills and have to work hard. And um, you just have to guide them the same way as you guide the, the, the men. You have to find the right opponents at the right time. You have to um, uh, promote them. And, uh, you know, you have to put some uh, money and some power behind it. Uh, today, it's definitely... A different world than it was when I started. <laughs> so um, today, I would, um, you know, it's it's not that much different between male and women boxing. You know, it's it's you know, find a find a great fighter, find the X factor. Do you find a fighter who has uh, the skill and ability in the ring and the X factor outside? Then you have something, and you go with that. Okay, well, on the on the heels of that, since I'm looking at the ring ratings of who is going, who's in your new division, the super welterweight, we have the ring champion Clarissa Shields. Uh, number one is Marie Eve DeCare, and then two Patricia Bergholt, Hannah Rankin, Natasha Jonas, and Mar Mary Spencer. Uh, so you're going to be fighting the number two and that's for her strap. And I know that Natasha Jonas moved up in weight so she can get, uh, she has the belt now. Would, uh, is there anyone else after Patricia? Who else would you like to fight in that division? Well, we actually have a, some kind of mini tournament tournament going on. So, uh, oh. me and Patricia and Ikera are actually locked to each other for, uh, for some fights. Um, Okay. To uh, establish one one fighter to come up out with all the the belts, so um, that's very exciting. So okay. uh, my focus is on that uh, for the next uh, two fights. Um, of course, I believe I will be standing there with um, both their belts at the end. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I think that's uh, some. Uh, Two great fights to start off uh, in a new uh, weight division. And after that, I mean, this weight division is incredible. I mean, it's so exciting. It has these women who has, I mentioned earlier, the X factor. Mm -hmm. Natasha Jones has the X factor. Uh, Closure Shields have the X factor. And uh, Hannah Ranking. So, so this is just big fights uh, waiting to be made. Uh, you just mentioned Clarissa Shields, and I know you love boxing, so we're going to have to ask you some predictions because we're going to have to get going soon. We're so sad. Uh, so you see Shields and Marshall and uh, Michaela Mayer and uh, Alicia Baumgartner, they're going to be on a card in London. Uh, yeah. Who do you have if, for, with Shields versus Marshall? 
Um, I think uh, Marsha, actually, because she is um, the bigger fighter, the bigger puncher, and she's adapted a little bit better to professional boxing. Um, but um, it's high quality, both for Marshall and, and, and Shields. So, I mean, it's just going to be, an, for me, there's definitely no losers here. It's just going to be an incredible and, and another highlight in women boxing is going to be incredible fight with um, um, very, very high level of um, uh, of boxing. So, I will say Marshall just by uh, she has the reach. She has the yeah, Marshall uh, by knockout fight. or by points. I think she has the ability to knock out uh, Shields. Ooh, I think you're the first to be on the record to say that. Very brave. Oh, you oh, are okay. bold, baby, bold. We like bold predictors. Well, when we put this out, get ready. Exactly. <laughs> get ready for the comments to come at you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ebony Bridges will have your back. Uh-huh. I feel like she had a similar kind of yeah. inclining, but she didn't say it as boldly yeah. as she did. Uh, and then uh, well, I have a history with Clarissa, uh, so I have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then um, I know that you do read Twitter, Michaela Mayer versus Alicia Baumgartner. They love to have a Twitter war, very colorful words, a lot of bad words that I, I mean, I say bad words, but I can't even say that many bad words, what they say. These two. These two. (laughs) And it makes for a really good fight. These two really have X factors. Uh, Mm -hmm. Who do you have in that one? Oh, um, just another brilliant fight again. Um, we're lucky that they agreed to fight each other. They didn't have to. They um, they could have gone both their ways, separate ways. Amazing that we're going to get this fight and this soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, when do you see that in male boxing? <laughs> wow. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, uh, Alicia Baumgartner, she's definitely the pound. She's a, yeah, she's... Um, um, she has the power, uh, can knock you out. Um, but, uh, Mayer is a brilliant, brilliant technical boxer. One of the best, maybe the best technical boxer in the world oh, right now. Oh, that's nice. Just, oh, beautiful. Just, um, um, so I would say as long as, as Michaela don't try to fight, Baumgartner and her, uh, uh, the way Baumgartner want to want the fight to go. Uh, try to brawl with her. Uh, try to prove something. Um, just if she just box, she she could win this. Mm-hmm. And fine. Speaking of technical fighters, lastly, uh, Usyk versus Joshua. Joshua has changed trainers now, working with Robert Garcia. Usyk has just been phenomenal at cruiserweight now at heavyweight. How do you see that rematch going? Um, I mean, <laughs> you really tried to get me in trouble. Here. <laughs> We're not going to tell anybody know, except just, the people who watch the show. Yeah, and then when we clip it out and put it on social. And TikTok and Instagram and all this <laughs> yeah. stuff, and then we're going to tag, tag you. them in. <laughs> That's one <What>? already. <laughs> we share a brain. Yes. <laughs> I would say, Usyk. It's all right. A lot it's of people okay. have said that. Exactly. I mean, the first fight was just so decisive and interesting. So we'll see what changes uh, Joshua has made to his style. 
Usyk is going to do Usyk. He's a phenomenal fighter, and it's going to be a good rematch. You know, you said something earlier when I talked to you about uh, going back to Jonathan Banks, and you said it's a little late in my career or late at, mm-hmm. at, at age for me to learn something new. And I think about Anthony Joshua, and I've asked trainers, um, I've asked fighters the same exact thing, uh, bringing Robert Garcia into camp. Can Anthony Joshua learn something new without reverting back to his old style? It's a uh, yeah, it's a it's a bit short notice. Uh, but if uh, the, the the coach is not trying to make him something, he's not. Mm-hmm. Just try to uh, make him better. Just do small wrench, small adjustments here and there. I definitely think we can see a better Joshua for sure, as long as he's not trying to make him into something he's not. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Uh, this is off the record. We're going to edit this out. Yeah, this is clipped. Is Jonathan Banks uh, training Badu Jack? This is getting clipped out. Yeah, this will get clipped Because we're out. not live. Yeah, we're not live. Because uh, Badu Jack is fighting in Dubai, and um, yeah. he's, fi- he's training with Wilder. So they said, oh, he has, it's, he has Badu Jack's trainer. I'm like, isn't Badu Jack's trainer Jonathan Banks, mm-hmm. I thought. I think that's a good one. Jonathan is Badu's trainer, yes. So is he training Correct. Wilder also? Yes, you can tell us. We're, we're going to clip it out. It's a secret. We're going to ask Jonathan off the record. I don't think it is, though. Mike told me someone do you, else. Do you know who Wilder's new trainer is? No. Damn it. I'm going to find out. I'll ask Mike because he just told me. Do you tra- Wait, because so wait, I'm confused. Badu is training here in Vegas. How come yes. he's not training up there with you? If he's um, supposed to go I to Dubai, I mean, I Saudi. I that much huh i just don't think he likes big bear you know um like he um i i don't know you have to ask badu about this um i know he would um uh, i think maybe that's his uh he feels he's got the best um training here mm-hmm. that's the best way we'll ask jonathan we're too. gonna yeah maybe the sparring okay yeah because we saw wilder is in camp with badu we're like oh just trying to get that tea i know we are trying to get that too we're just trying to get everyone okay <laughs> we're going back onto the okay, record so back, okay so back to the back to our regular scheduled program right <laughs> so i must ask you you know we we spoke you spoke about fighting in Norway in front of 10,000 people. What would you say, was that your most memorable ring walk? People love a great ring walk. What was that ring walk for you? What is, or was that your most memorable? What was the most memorable ring walk you've had in your career? Oh, that was without a doubt the most memorable ring walk. Um, you know, I have been exiled to Germany for seven years, and this was my homecoming to Norway. This was the first time I could fight in Norway without being uh, a criminal, you know, without risking jail time or anything. Um, so th- that was definitely my um, my biggest homecoming uh, and my biggest... Um, ring walk to date yeah so let's see if colombia can make that bigger <laughs> oh i can't even imagine just like the the crowd just the flags, the flags and, and just celebrating you it's it's just it's your homecoming and i hope we get to watch it on i know something I well no. i know that the no i know the norwegians bought the rights for the fights mm-hmm. so it should be available to watch in some kind of 
platform, yeah. We'll find something we'll find to it. find it to we'll watch ask it. Tom. Maybe it'll be on like UFC <laughs> I know. Fight well, Pass or something. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, Cecilia, we've had such a great time with you. I I I love talking to you. You're so fun and you're just so insightful and you're so you're so smart. Mm-hmm. And next oh, time I, you're here, you have to come in. I know. I mean, remember the first listen, the first part of my career, I would never interviewed by a female sports journalist. Only men. I got only so, so for me coming over to the States and getting in, you know, meeting you guys and just uh, meeting uh, women that are so amazing and have so much knowledge of the sport. And I mean, for me, that's been absolutely a dream. So oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I, I interviewed her one time at Ch- uh, Churchill and I was like, let me see your fist. Her fist is like <laughs> compare. Remember that picture I took? Your fist is so big compared to mine. I'm like, that's why I don't. I'm not a fighter. <laughs> it, it, it could literally hit my entire face from here to here. She got some. She's got good hands. Oh, but I, yeah. I can't wait to see you back in the ring. We cannot wait to see you back in the ring. And we're really happy. And we're really. You know what? I'm really happy. I personally am really happy. Like after you saying that, you know, your mental health issues and no one talked about it. Sadly, during COVID, everyone had some kind of problem and they never wanted to speak about it. And people were all going through their issues and what you've gone through. We're glad that you were able to climb out of it and come out on top and just be the best version of you again. Yeah, I have to give props to Ryan Garcia for talking about it uh, the way he did. I mean, um, he was definitely a part of... um, breaking the, uh, the stigma because in, in boxing you don't talk about you didn't talk about mental health and mental issue before yeah uh, no no it, it is around Danny Garcia has talked about it mm-hmm. you have talked about it and it just it's a conversation that needs to just keep going it yes. needs to be that open conversation for sure without people uh, looking down on you because everyone goes through a boxers non-boxers everyone so yeah okay well uh Cecilia, it was great talking to you. Get back into training, um, and we're going to see you August 13th, wherever we get to watch you fight. Uh, oh, and a, go ahead. 13, um, it's been actually pushed. It looks it will be September, end of September now. Oh, the mm. end of September. Okay. And let us know if you have any exciting uh, road work that you're doing out there in Big Bear. Let us know who you pass on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Is, do you see Gennady, do you train with Gennady? Um, yeah, we are in the same gym. Yeah. So, uh, we train together. He's, uh, let's just make, let's just get that out. He is the nicest guy oh, yeah. ever. He is. Just make that 100% clear. Uh, he is, uh, he is a solid, good guy. There is no bad bone in him unless it's brought out. And I've, I've interviewed him several times, and he's so funny. He's a funny guy, and I can't wait. We all can't wait. I, I'm not going to ask you for prediction for Gennady versus yeah, Canelo. Yeah, already 3. know what time it is. Yeah, so I, <laughs> the, it's, 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 it's done. It's going to happen. Someone's going to win. If it ends in a draw, I'm going to be really pissed off because, <laughs> I mean, that's enough. Okay, well, tell Gennady we would like him on the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I always tell Tom they're all like go through Fred whatever uh, but uh, thank you so much Cecilia we really appreciate you and your time thank you for having me alright take care bye you guys oh Cecilia is so sweet she's, lovely she's intelligent one of the, knowledgeable yeah. 
skilled, decorated. My God. My God. Oh, and she, I forgot to say that she was the very first, the very first female, uh, and it was actually the last show on HBO to close out all of yes. HBO. So it was like an all female card. And all that rain. All that rain. Cecilia. Oh, and everyone came. Well, it was sadly, it was an almost an empty auditorium over at uh, StubHub. But that was the last time we saw Jim Lampley and Roy Jones Jr. saying goodbye. And um, I, it was so sad, but just. Uh, Chris Cyborg came out, Halle Berry. All the women came out because this Clarissa Shields was on the card. It was a great card. I mean, sad to say that men didn't really fully support it, and now they are really supporting it. And now it's, uh, you know what? We're giving all the women their flowers, so good for them. All of them. All of them. Okay, Jay. Well, that was a fun one. That was yes. a good one. It was great to start off with a female this time. Yes. I know. Uh, but on to the next, and uh, we're going to have to celebrate because, of course, we had our – Shared brain. <laughs> Share. Shared brains. Okay, guys. So make sure you guys like, share, subscribe. All of our content on YouTube. I'm not okay. I'm gonna look at this camera. All on YouTube, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and our um, uh, Apple. All, all our shit. Yeah, all our. Th there you go. That's what she follow what all she our said. shit. What she, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm Cynthia Conte, and I'm Giandra LaBeouf. See you guys at the bites. Bye, guys. <laughs>